This is Madhouse, a podcast on a mission to tell stories of how creators in Africa get things done. I'm your host, Gabriel Mundaka. Today's episode is produced by Box Studios in Kampala and is bound to leave you inspired. We're immensely grateful for your unwavering support as we continue our mission of bringing truly inspiring stories. It fills our hearts with gratitude to announce that Madhouse is now blessed with the invaluable support of Mayuyuka Kawunda, a gifted editor, writer of compelling copy and stories, an extraordinary music creator and playlister. Please share and leave a review on your favorite podcast application as this helps us get discovered and inspires a wider audience. If you want to do more, you can donate to us. Your donations help us tell more stories of limitless possibilities. For more details, please check the show notes. Let's dive in into another exciting episode of Madhouse. This episode of Madhouse, I had a lovely conversation with my potential best friend, Tim Smarin. Talk about how she got into podcasting, creativity, marketing, and all the things she's been up to, the challenges, the failures, and how she's overcome all those things, and her wellness journey. Enjoy the episode. Peace. Why? Why? Why have I like not been on the pod yet? I just uh, being a potential best friend. I've been like, mm-hmm. being playing hard to get. Feel like she can be on my podcast. <laughs> but yeah, I'm I'm excited to be here, guys. So cool. So tell people who you are, what you do. Yeah. Um. This is an interesting question. I've actually been thinking. A lot about, about it. it. Yeah, I feel like it changes almost. Okay, so changing every day, but every day it's there's like an edit. Okay. So what has been added <laughs> to this list? Guys, a long list. Today, Gab's potential best friend. Yeah. Is there? So okay. first of all, I'm Gab's potential best friend. Uh-huh. <laughs> start there, but yeah, um, I'm a young woman. Oh wow. <laughs> <laughs> Guys, this is an inside joke. But inside war. Not war. joke. War. But let's keep going. Yes. Fine. I'm a young woman who's man, trying to enjoy her life, um, create meaningful relationships, find herself, find her purpose, all while having a good time and, like, having a blast, honestly. And... Um, I'm a digital strategist most days. Um, I guess Monday to Monday. The internet mm-hmm. works every day. And yeah, I do content creation on the side as well. Um, mm-hmm. I guess I'm now a podcaster. Hey, mama. <laughs> I, yeah, I started Sam. my podcast earlier this year. Copying her, the potential best friend. is copying <laughs> Yeah, no, not that. But it's it's been exciting just yep. getting like into that space. Mm-hmm. And yeah, just being able to have a platform. And I'm, I'm honestly enjoying it. Mm. Um, also, most recently, a cat mom, I guess. Cat mom. Yeah, I think that's, yeah, that's, that's, that's edit today but yeah i guess we'll find out more as time goes yeah i double in in quite a lot yeah she does yeah so 
how did it all begin? Like, let's talk about like an early Tina childhood, creativity, exploring ideas. Mm-hmm. Yeah. How did that all start for you? I'm just curious. How did it all like begin? Before you became like a digital strategist, cut mom, potential best friend, and uh, <laughs> a podcaster, social yeah. media content creator. Um, first of all, I think I'd say I feel like I've always had like a creative streak. Mm. I'd say, mm. like, it was my like escape mm-hmm. from reality. Yeah. And um, from an early age, um, especially when I moved in with my dad, mm. which was around, I think I was eight, and my brother is like almost seven years younger than me, so like that's quite a bit of time. So I was an only child for like a very long time, and it gets quite lonely. You you know you watch all the cartoons, and so I was very much like in my head. Mm. And I remember making like wanting to just animate everything from you know my books to the dishes, the mm-hmm. clothes, everything mm-hmm. just spoke to me, and I spoke back to it. So I guess I was hearing voices at a very early age. What's the imaginary friend? <laughs> I have so many imaginary friends. Like the my life, oh, yeah. Yeah, like give us top five, top five, but. We're not going there. Please just go. What are the names? Like but two. Like, two. <laughs> like two. Come on. We can't do this because now people know. Okay. Like oh, I used to literally tell Guys stories know. about my imaginary friends and like people thought I had cool friends at school. Guys, she's not sharing her <laughs> best friends. All, all everyone from certain school know. Like mm. oh, she was lying to us the whole time. <laughs> yeah, no, but I was in my head a lot and. It helped me cope. I think it was like a coping mechanism mm. for, I would say, change. I didn't like change. And at this point, I, I had like a whole life switch up and moved to a new city, different school. Everything was quite new. And yeah, I needed, yeah, I just needed like a way to escape. And getting in my head was one of, of the ways that I did that. Mm. Um, I also like got absorbed into reading quite a lot mm-hmm. and I think that kind of yeah made me very excited to tell stories because I started to love like storytelling what okay, books were reading? um <laughs> oh dear yeah um I read a lot of classics I would say um hey mom what old soul is in the building yeah like old soul like tom sawyer tom brown school days jen austin you know jen Aya. i really loved jen Aya, and i kind of just went down i loved adventure books as well like robin hood um i think there were just so many interesting books i think at that age and mm-hmm. um because I, I remember transitioning from like picture books and comics which which i enjoyed i loved like archie comics i loved like the galia galia comics and even when i started writing that was my first i would say inspiration okay. this is like what maybe age nine i don't know very early 10 mm. and yeah so i would 
write stories but at this point because i'm really bad at drawing at this point they're really ugly stick figures mm. and speech bubbles and you know it would kind of be like a story or so that's how i started i guess it was sort of like a strip mm. yeah then i graduated to writing in my whole counter book mm-hmm. and my friend started to read so initially i started writing them down because like i needed mm. i needed like a way to vent right because yeah. these stories were now like in my head like i'm having sequels and like parts and like i'm now like losing track i'm like i need to maybe write start like writing them down okay and yeah my friends started to read them and yeah now i had like cheerleaders okay. so we'd be in class and it's like lunch time and yeah I'm trying to put in like a page or two and everyone has already you know queued up and like you know I'm done that's going to my sitmates were always you know fast you know they're always the fast ones yeah, that like would read chicken, shout out to you guys <laughs> what's that chicken Bridget Jones direct that's a funny story uh, is she like the writer the writer who used to write the gossip um, column yeah is she lady Whatever I don't even down Miss no. whoever she is, but that uh, I can't believe I've forgotten her name, huh? Yeah, that lady something. Lady, huh? I can't believe I've forgotten her. Yeah, but she, yeah, exactly. So it was that kind of thing, just that it wasn't anonymous. <laughs> yeah, and yeah, my I would just like kind of get feedback from them, mm-hmm. and I was just like intrigued at how like invested they were in these characters that I'd come up with, yeah. and sometimes I would even come up with like creatures that don't exist, and I was so into the supernatural at that stage my vampire gullies like i loved vampires i loved <coughs> um i think i was very much influenced by like lots of werewolves vampires you know those kinds of series and and shows mm. so i loved the supernatural the idea of like just the idea of these animals and them having their own lives and these different species of things yep. so i think i was very curious at that point yeah and yeah that's like my very first creative venture i guess what are the cool things you do in school like creative things um <laughs> i don't really didn't do sports <laughs> yeah uh, yeah Duh. I know. Like I you know. Sports. Um, I, did you do I actually, kids? but I was willing. I was one of those kids that um, I remember trying out for the basketball team. Uh-huh. I tried out for the volleyball team. I actually did volleyball for just just like a bit, and okay. then yeah, I couldn't really keep up. I think maybe consistency was my problem because I was good at the initial, and even in life, I actually re- oh my god, yeah, because I actually realized like I love the thrill of like something new it like it excites me like yeah you guys were gonna do basketball let's start this is a s- I love like to initiate things yeah yeah and at that point I'd pretty much abandon the sports yeah this is like age 13 though okay. um yeah so um then I did handball as well for quite a bit actually I think it's the one that I was most consistent with mm-hmm. <laughs> maybe like six months Okay. Um, yeah, but I'm, gu- I'm good with my hands. I'm just clumsy with my feet. So I think that that was the issue. That's why I couldn't play all the other sports. <laughs> but yeah, mm-hmm. but um, MDD, I think, was where I found my home. Okay. And in my O-level, I was very much like, 
I loved MDD but I was still very shy like still very much in my shell and I would like sit down and watch the plays and I would really like wish I was you know a part of it but I don't think I actually had the nerves to like do it but when I came for A level I think there was, there was something when I went for my A levels or something like different about me and like at this point you know you've kind of started to go through some experiences and I was kind of already just like in that space where it's like what do I have to lose like I want to do it so let me do it um so even though I was very much doing you know sciences and I was doing biology and whatever yeah. when it came to MDD I remember giving that like a lot of time mm-hmm. and I was very much involved in you know the plays the poetry mm-hmm. everything and I directed the plays which was so much fun and especially because I'd written them and what with the actors it just like I just knew that I wanted to do this and I could like feel it like this is so peaceful because it was like therapy um, at that point um, even when I left school I just kept thinking I wish I could go back for MDD yeah <laughs> yeah because I loved MDD yeah mm-hmm. but yeah I'd say those those are like the other fun things that I did I think the rest is like the normal I would say stuff which mm-hmm. is like dancing you know mm-hmm. like small you know you do dance like a bit of choreography with your friends mm-hmm. and like on like concerts present and yeah and I think and I had like a I think the opportunity to like also like uh, become a perfect and mm-hmm. like in the entertainment space which was fun it's like you know you're organizing concerts and dances and yeah so I think um, from a very early age I just knew whatever I wanted to do might just be around like entertainment I guess yeah interesting you did biology and loved MDD sorry you did biology and, and still loved music yeah, I did actually. I think so yeah. you're saying your creativity is very scientific in nature. Do you borrow some ideas from there or just all like let's just be pure pure creatives? Yes, um I think my my like my creativity is very much science based because even like uh, like my personality I think I'm very creative, spontaneous, but I'm also structured. And um, when you tell me about something, usually I'll ask you for like scientific proof or something for me to like, so I'm very scientific in nature. And I think it's like, I borrow from like both sides because I, I love I love biology I love figuring out how my body works or how my brain works or how you know so I enjoy all that and so to like get that and now put it with like creativity and like now I'm creating an episode about how my brain works and it's just like I love it so I think I borrow from like both sides yeah and it took me a long time I think I felt like I had to choose mm-hmm. but it's like who said you have to either be an artist or and besides like science in itself is an art like you know it's like it's all connected in some type of way yeah cool commercial break one two three Thank you. 
The people crazy enough to think they can change the world are the ones who do. Tune in for disruptive conversations, experiences, and more we wouldn't normally share on tape. Coming up on this week's episode of On Tape. I could see my parents were like completely not meant for each other. Like by 10, I think I told my mom, you, you guys should get a divorce. And sometimes kids are out here having kids because my dad is blocking a child. There's this annoying thing about human memory and about how that's... It's a gift because if you always remembered everything the exact way it was, you'd never forgive anyone. <laughs> when I was in S3, I snuck into the boys' dormitory. So basically, we did it twice. The first time, it was like, oh yeah, that was really fun. We like went into the toilet and then they they got us out of the dormitory at like 8 a.m. I had not eaten the whole day and I basically just passed out, which made everyone think I was pregnant, of course. Uh-huh. The scandal continues. So I think like two days later, my mom comes to me and she's like, oh, you remember that guy, your dad's wife? I'm like, which guy? Like he was so unremarkable, I didn't even remember him. He was, I was 18 and he was like, like 45. Yeah, he told your dad he's interested in you. And I'm like, what do you mean? And we are back. <laughs> With a rain back truck. Rain backdropped weather for two. Guys, this podcast is fire. <laughs> Let's do this. Uh, uh, we? We're talking about like science and art and all the combinations of things. Um, I was wondering, uh, what are like some of the challenges like you sort of faced as a, a, a younger creative and then how did you navigate your way into some of the things you're doing now? Um... First of all, even before I get to like the external factors, I think I want to start with the internal yep. problems. Like confidence for me was like a big, huge problem. Mm-hmm. I remember the very first time that I thought I was going to, you know, put a, a foot forward in music. I was about maybe 18 mm-hmm. and at this point um, I got an opportunity to work like with a, um, a small band that used to play at at um, uh, like um, an, like a public place yeah. and they were doing really great at the time yeah. but I remember even when I went for rehearsals like I could sing like in the shower and like but I had this deep like belief that I wasn't good enough mm-hmm. and which is like it's fine but like can you sing so that we can see how not good enough you are but I was just so much so in my head about it okay. and yeah and I remember just passing off things because I didn't feel like I could do it I didn't believe in myself even the same for the podcast really like I sat on that for more than a year really mm. and I could have started a long time ago and yeah maybe I'd be really far right now but yeah I'd say that's the first problem and so how do you navigate that? I'm curious how you navigate thoughts <laughs> like that. How did you... We're still navigating. Um, it's not like I've mastered the art of confidence, but mm. I think I'm somewhere, mm. and it's really attached to self-love. Okay. Um, because for me, it, even me not being confident was so much attached to feeling like, you know, 
I don't like myself. I don't feel like I belong here. So if it's standing up and saying something, why would I feel like I'm good enough to do it, right? So I'd get all in my head about it. I'm going to mess it up. So that's where my lack of confidence was, you know, rooted. And I remember just putting, you know, I feel like there's also like a lot of self-discovery involved because I think different things work differently for different people. Mm -hmm. So depending on like your background and the experiences you've been through, I think if you can like build a routine Mm -hmm. that makes you face first of all those demons you're scared about Mm. Um, most times we're like not confident it's maybe something small i feel like my nose is too big or this is wrong with me or maybe my voice sounds like (laughs) i squeak like a rabbit or i do this so usually it's like this thing that you believe and most times it's like what if i wake up and recognize and acknowledge this thing and it's like um i step out and i'm like yeah gab so i'm actually aware that yeah my feet are ugly so i already know and now i actually already know so what what are you going to tell me right Mm. so it's that sort of thing where you just face your fears head on Mm. and then now you have nothing else to fear yeah, so I feel like I'm, and like I guess there are levels of confidence. I'm also like just growing in my confidence and yeah, hitting new heights and you know, discovering things. And I'm like, oh, I didn't know I could do this. And yeah, so it's it's an amazing journey if if you're aware. Yeah. Cool. Um, I just wanted to find out something. You just mentioned a couple of things, and I'm just very like, how do you deal? With, how do you? How are you? I guess confident in knowing that's a work in progress and not beating yourself about getting good quickly with the thing. Oh, I beat I beat myself up about it, but I would say it's to a smaller extent now. Mm-hmm. I've learned to trust like the process. I know it's hard. Mm-hmm. People sing it a lot, and now it sounds like a broken record, but if you trust the process mm. and you know put in the work put in the smart work yeah. not just the hard work but um i think from the beginning mm. if you have a plan and you know what you need to do to achieve what you want to get yeah. if you put in the work and like surely surely why wouldn't he why wouldn't god reward you you know that's just the kind of way i've decided to look at life Mm -hmm. i want to be optimistic i want to believe that the universe is going to reward me for my hard work for my attempts and um i don't know i'm trying to remember why i saw this oh yeah it was my boss who had shared this quote um and i think it was uh with this quote and he was talking about failure and he's talking about how most of us are scared of failure but it's like sometimes the attempts are like are greater it's okay to try and like fail Mm -hmm. like those are great attempts like it's not the same thing if you try a business and it fails you've learned a lot from even just that right it's not a complete loss Mm -hmm. but sometimes we we've been normalized to look at it like that to look at the glass as half you know empty but i i want to like focus on like optimism right now so yeah i just want to be optimistic that it's going to work out why 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 don't i believe that i'm going to make it (laughs) yeah so yeah hopefully so tell us tell me more about like uh digital strategy 
mm. the world of online marketing, social media, content creation, and how you find in it challenges, wins, frustrations. And if you're not, yeah, that would be. Mm. Um, it's exciting, yeah. first of all. Um, um, initially, I, I'm like a self-taught person. So I think for me, I was just drawn to it. It's not something that someone forced me to do. Okay. Um, I already loved the internet, like from, you know, a very early age. And I loved like Instagram and TikTok and just being able to like edit videos and nice pictures. And I love like, you know, pretty like things and good looking like aesthetics. So I think I've just always been attracted to like like that just kind of energy. And during the lockdown after I figured I wasn't going to do human nutrition and dietetics, um, which is the course I was doing after doing biology for my A levels. I figured I was enjoying, I was already like being on the internet for free. Like mm-hmm. I was spending so much, you know, data bundles and time on the internet. Um, I was so much into Twitter at the time. I had started up my mental health blog. So I was so much into like social media already. And I was like, well, it wouldn't hurt if I was getting paid to do this. Uh, I really love posting. It's I enjoy being online and yeah. engaging with content and mm. responding to DMs. Like it's it just comes like natural and easy for me. Mm. So yeah, I just got onto YouTube, mm. uh, did a bit of tutorials, um, got into. I think I got a bit lucky to get into some like really nice, you know, content creators and just decided to start. Uh, I remember starting with my dog's page and just, yeah, because I was like, I don't think anyone is going to hire me, but I'm just going to start because Mm -hmm. why not? Mm -hmm. So yeah, um, my dog rest in peace. (laughs) Yeah, and I remember just uh, playing around with the page, uh, Mm -hmm. taking different, you know, pictures and just playing around even in the lockdown with all those limitations. I remember I think I lost my phone and laptop um, at like the beginning of, I think the second lockdown. Mm -hmm. So this was like a second like failure. It was just like a bump in the road and I'm just like, this is another bump in the road, but I'm going to continue and push on. And yeah, so um, I got my first client, um, I think early 2020. And yeah, my boss, he's, you know, he's been, he's been an amazing like mentor for me. He's been like um, a role model and yeah. And I think even him just taking a chance on me because um, he's um, like a developer as well. And I, again, I love working with people that work remotely or like that are in the tech space because the way that they think about life is differently. So they are more open-minded and he was more keen to know like about what I could do and not what kind of papers I had or what I had done in school. So it was very much like that. You know, we met, we had a quick talk and I think he could see that I was very eager to learn. I was very, you know, willing to show up. And yeah, so he gave me an opportunity. (coughs) Sorry. Yeah, so he gave me the opportunity and um, um, we work with an amazing startup that teaches um, children how to code. So I think already that was just like an amazing space for me to like flourish and learn a lot, deal with people and just get into relationship management. Then I got into operations management as well. So I think it was a really nice place for me to grow because my boss is just one of those people that's just, 
he's not doing something because he just wants money it's because it's like this is like something that's actually important and it's an actual important cause and i want the people that i work with to also be happy and understand the vision i want it mm-hmm. to be meaningful to them right mm-hmm. so it was that kind of thing and for me i was attracted to that so i wanted to work with brands that that had a vision brands that wanted to make a change to you know make some kind of impact mm-hmm. and yeah actually yeah it's so funny that it's called code impact but yeah so i got into that space and it, it was amazing and it opened up my my eyes to the possibilities of what the internet can do you know mm-hmm. for us you know for our companies businesses you know here in africa i just felt like it it was finally giving us like a seat at, uh, like a front seat at the stage mm. i felt like we had always been behind but it was now like oh we can actually also just load bundles and go on tiktok and the whole world will see us and you know people like i just love it so that's that's initially i think what what drew me to it do i have to get into the challenges i feel like the questions <laughs> yeah no 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 there's definitely a lot of challenges yeah first things first no one takes you seriously um it took a very long time for anyone to believe that my job was an actual job my job is not conventional so i don't actually do a nine to five it's more i'm a freelancer so it's more like based on deadlines and the kind of work that i have what's like priority what kind of campaigns i'm working on and it's very much remote and for a long time it even my parents did take me seriously you know so even just that and people thinking that they can send you on errands or do this you know pick up my card do this for me because you work from home so yeah i feel like i wish we could you know change the narrative around that for people to see that even people that work remotely are doing work probably i think even sometimes because for us we kind of work overtime it's like an overlap of time you know yeah so but i love it i love how flexible it is i love like working like early like super early morning so i love that i'm able to do that and enjoy the mornings which i love and i'm able to like sleep in the afternoons where i'm less productive right so i love the freedom of being able to do that being able to you can even visit family and still be able to work mm-hmm. you can travel and still be able to work i feel like that is what i want for myself i want a life where i can work while i'm happy i don't want to is wait like, for retirement is it like more control of your time and do you think you prefer those kind of jobs yeah is this, is this why you're really like why you're like oh, i like this because i can control my time yeah and it's so weird because at the beginning of this year mm. i thought i needed to get like a nine to five mm. i thought i needed to get back in that box mm. um just to like make things move but um i just realized it wasn't meant for me and i think now i've gotten to a point of like I, i don't know i'm just aware and i believe that i am i wouldn't thrive in the nine to five kind of energy okay. um I, i don't think i'd thrive there um I, i really love working remotely i love just having that freedom of not that rush of i need to get to office early in the morning i need to pick out what to wear and like yeah sometimes i have to move but it's it's so rare and if i have to move it's really like planned and yeah so i think i'm that kind of person a bit of a hippie if <laughs> if you call it so i just i just love to be in my space alone with my animals and yeah 
hopefully plants lots of plants and just like yeah and my laptop that that's good enough nice yeah but it's an amazing space and especially for young women that are looking to make money especially if you're like you finished school and you're just seated at home with that degree that that's not getting you a job it's Mm -hmm. like if you have a phone or a tablet or a laptop and you have access to like the internet i think you can do anything the internet is an amazing place nice let's talk about the podcast the podcast first i want to ask why mental health why mental health of all things you could talk about on a podcast especially as a young woman you know Mm. go down some parts that are more more hot 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 but he decided to do mental health (coughs) yeah yeah um i already talked about like how important it is to face your demons Mm. and for me it was my biggest demon right wellness like it was the biggest thing that was i don't know i was in chains and i felt like if i could successfully of well not overcome i mean i still struggle but i'm in such a better place right if i could evolve right and move on become a better version of myself then everyone else can and why would i keep such precious information to myself yes i think it was pretty much that was like the grounding um i yeah pretty much went through it dealt with depression wanted to kill myself and after just coming from like you know from that kind of place i'm just like i don't want anyone else to go through that i don't want a little 18 year old girl to be out there thinking that she's not beautiful and that she's not you know worthy and that she doesn't deserve to be here i want her to believe that first of all she's not even the only one that's feeling like that that it's okay to feel like that sometimes but you can't let the thoughts win now can you that there's just so many possibilities you can change your life around i think which is what i try to do every day and i just hope i can inspire someone out there nice nice so what's the what's i want i'm curious what's your creative process of making a podcast like on the episodes that they've released so far what is like your approach to making them mm. unlike unlike start to finish yeah like if we just break it down for people yeah especially once that podcast yeah. yeah um i think the process has changed mm. from the beginning um because at the beginning it was honestly just me in my room on my bed with my phone okay yeah and my thoughts mm. and um i remember sitting on my first episode like i said for almost a year yeah. just putting it together and feeling like it sounded weird being too scared about it worrying about so many things and after i got through that um i think now it's become a much more structured process because you kind of start experimenting and figuring out what works out for you so usually like um i'll start with like the actual you know the main creative process where if i have a guest or whatever it is i you know kind of curate out 
put out the flow of the episode, mm. what kind of segments and what we're going to talk about or what mm. topic it's going to be, the questions, things mm. like that. And mm. I really enjoy coming up with those. Yeah. And I feel like I've been trying out different concepts for this season mm. just because I want to experiment with my audience and okay. see what they enjoy. So I love playing around with like documentary style episodes where it's I'm picking around with people's brains. I want to know what the everyday Ugandan, you know, thinks about this kind of topic. And it's just very much um, a deep dive into, you know, the normal. And then I also enjoy, I mean, I enjoy interviews definitely, but um, I enjoy interviews that maybe have a twist to them. Um, I love for my guests to not feel like, oh, you know, I'm a guest and this is an interview. I just kind of want it to feel like it's home and we're just all humans and we're all here to discuss something that we're passionate about. Yeah, so I also do a lot of conversations, which, which is fun, honestly. The idea is to just have those candid conversations on topics we wouldn't normally have on tape you know hence the title of the podcast mm. so yeah it's 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 really been fun and uh, from curating out the flow and all that yeah. um i'll get into usually actually shooting um the podcast um meet up with the guest and yeah record uh which is honestly also enjoyable i love interacting with the guests even especially before and after just getting like a slice of who they are i've also found out that every person has something interesting about them i've i I swear i say every guest is amazing and i think people think i'm like now like okay now she's faking it but no like every person just has some sort of interesting like every person i've sat down with i can tell you something that's unique about them Mm. something that i felt you know pulled me to them or something that i even just learned from them yeah so i feel like i've learned a lot i'm more open to even just different ideas about life and different opinions about things that i believe in so i think that's been really really eye-opening and Mm. i think i'm better talking to people probably I've just it's giving me more exposure I think which which is nice and the networking is great too yeah uh, which is really a core part of a podcast, you know, because especially if it's um, if it's a guest-based uh, format mm-hmm. and uh, you need to, like, interact with different people. Mm-hmm. Um, from recording, I usually get to the editing, which I would say is the most tedious, you know, time-consuming, annoying, call it everything. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but you have to do it. And uh, for the biggest time, honestly, I've, I've had to wear so many hats <laughs> for yeah. this podcast um, yeah so you learn a lot of things which I think is good mm, so I've had to learn how to edit which was a whole new experience and you know so you're wearing a lot of hats you're producing you're directing you're the host you but I guess it's great right now at this stage of the podcast for me to have that kind of exposure because I believe even if you get to a point where you can afford to get a team it's it's you need to like understand the technicalities of these things mm. so that you know you're not conned you're not you fooled and you still you know i feel like you're a better leader if you understand that mm. so that's that's really been 
uh, really it um, after recording and editing I'll usually do the promo put out the promo and yeah have the episode out and mm. get into like trying to market that episode uh, feedback from people and just trying to understand my audience and I think the feedback has really been overwhelming sometimes I think it, you it can get overwhelming because people will now feel like they can talk to you about anything right because you've shared and that just opens a door and it's amazing but of course sometimes it gets overwhelming so I'm just learning to like also just keep track of my empathetic self and just be like you know you can't feel for everyone you can't you know mm-hmm. yeah yeah it's it's yeah but it's quite it's 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 an mind-blowing experience i think you you learn quite a lot about yourself and and people around you and and that's beautiful nice i'm curious what is like the biggest like lesson you've learned from making a podcast as a person mm-hmm. or as a creative young woman yeah uh, first of all I've learned that when you dream yep. no one is going to understand the magnitude of your dream mm-hmm. or what you you like envision mm. And you will run this idea by people and most people won't understand you mm. because no one is seeing it like you're seeing it okay. but when you actually you know put a foot forward and practically do it then people will be like oh so this is what you're talking about so I think the biggest lesson that I've learned is to go with my gut go with what I want to do and believe in myself okay. believe that what I am thinking about or what I'm feeling about that it's valid okay. and that yeah I should step forward with it like what I think or what I want to do can actually be nice because I think for me I was I was so scared about what if no one likes it what if no one can relate to it what if no one wants to come and be a guest on it but the feedback has just opened my eyes to just how how you just don't know how amazing you are and maybe sometimes you're just blocking your potential you're just like stopping you're people yeah you're standing in the way of your own light mm-hmm. so i think that's the biggest lesson that i've learned that I, I really now believe in myself so yeah i'm more confident in the dreams that i have the things i want to achieve i believe that i can do them because this was already an example of that mm-hmm. it's yeah it's, it's it's amazing nice 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 that's amazing. So, welcome to the end of the uh, podcast. The end of this podcast, mm-hmm. I usually ask the guests like one crazy question. It's not a crazy question. It's usually like a madhouse thing in case we're bored them for the past 40 minutes. Ah, yeah. Uh. Yeah, we entertain them. Mm-hmm. I, um, one life lesson that you think the listeners of Madhouse can either put it, apply in their life or their creative pursuits. Mm. Yeah. Okay. Um, one of the biggest life lessons, I think this one will be on, it's more of on balance of emotions. Mm-hmm. Like, life will go on. Mm-hmm. And I know people have talked about it, but yes, mm-hmm. whether you're depressed, whether you're super happy, mm-hmm. whether you've lost someone, mm-hmm. life is actually going to go on. Mm-hmm. So I've learned that I have to, I have to quickly get in check. Mm-hmm. I have to keep track of my emotions. First of all, put myself first and like really realize like life is going to go on and I must 
look forward to tomorrow i love waking up and feeling like it's a fresh day putting i think i still have the problems from yesterday but i'm just like i want to look at today with a new perspective i want to feel like new beginnings new possibilities and just be optimistic mm. so i really want to preach the positivity prayer affirmations manifestation i know this stuff sounds you know really weird actually i was i think i was listening to a really interesting um diary of a ceo episode um and this neurologist was um talking about the power of manifestation and she's talking about this experiment that they did on like bodybuilders right and these bodybuilders were put like in a room mm-hmm. and they are not working out but they are visualizing themselves working out for about um i think a period of time or whatever yeah. and so after that they made tests on them and of course they're tracking their brain activity and all that so they noticed that they had actually had like muscle gain from just do you get that yeah. so i think we forget just the power of our gut instincts how intellectual our gut is and how the power of just our bodies and our brains and even our mouths t- speaking out things the power of claiming things like you know this is mine i want it so i'm going forth with confidence so yeah. i believe what you tell yourself is what your brain actually picks up so if you tell yourself i'm dumb your brain is actually going to pick that up because our yeah. brains believe whatever our mouths say you know yeah. you're the author of your life so if you write i am dumb then that is going to be your life story so i think we have more power and control of our lives than we think mm-hmm. yeah we have some bad days but it's a bad day not a bad life huh yeah yeah cool thank you Tina for coming through <laughs> thank you for having me on madhouse You're yeah the energy here is amazing yeah it's it's calm it's chill yeah just need like tea <laughs> or wine <laughs> i don't know yeah yeah thank you so much mm Let me end this recording. Bye. Have a night. <laughs>